Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast, Conversations from Being, inspired by the book, The Ultimate Coach, written by Amy Hardison and Alan Thompson. Join us each week with the intention of expanding your state of being, and your experience will be remarkable. Remember, this is a podcast about being. It is a podcast about you. To explore more deeply, visit theultimatecoachbook.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B. Emily Penton, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Well, thank you for agreeing to do this. You bet. This is very exciting because... Well, all will be revealed. My first question to you, though, young lady, what does the name Steve Hardison mean to you? Hmm. Wow, that's such a loaded question. Um, it means so much for a person I've never met. And I have an idea about Steve Hardison, but more of what the name Steve Hardison means to me me is really just a reflection of myself. And I never thought that was even possible. Number one, to have this reflection of myself be in somebody else and then be somebody I've never met. (laughs) Like that doesn't, that's not logical. That doesn't make sense. But that is my experience after reading uh, The Ultimate Coach. Well, let's let's get to that in a second. But I want to I want to acknowledge that first part because that's exactly how I felt when I when I heard about Stephen, got to see him when I watched the Deuce Tilly video. I saw so much of myself in him, and that seems to be a reoccurring theme with people in this community. And I, I don't know what that is. If you know what that is, let me know because I'm, I'm sure other people are damn curious as well. But maybe while that's percol- percolating away, if, we, if neither of us know, What about the origin story about how this all came about for you? Yeah. So um, actually my father, um, I'm getting ready to do a training or I was getting ready to do a training with Jamie Smart, um, Thriving Coaches Blueprint. And my father said to prepare for this coaching training, um, you need to read The Ultimate Coach because Jamie Smart's coaches were coached by... Steve Hardison, like he's the coach's coach. And I was like, ah, like homework, like, okay, whatever. So I started reading the book and I, I, I think more than anything, what I love is the back of the book and how he tells me to go into the book thinking about this. And that's what unfolded for me because specifically on the back of the book, it says, who would I need to be to have miracles show up in my daily life? And as I started reading the book about Steve Hardison, about me, (laughs) then I realized not only actively are there daily miracles, but there have been. And so even though I went into the past of Steve Hardison's life, I went, I walked through the past of my life and I was like, oh, that was a miracle at age 20. 
oh my gosh, that was a miracle at age 25, age 30. Like as I walked through his life, I walked through my life and I saw all the daily miracles that have happened and that are continuing to happen now. Um, And the really cool part was that at the end of the book, in one of the chapters, it talked about uh, somebody saying that they saw a post or something of Steve Hardison on Facebook. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Steve Hardison is on Facebook. I have to go find him. So I went and I clicked on his about info. And on his about info, it says Steve Hardison is following Laban Ditchburn. And I was like, and, and Laban Ditchburn is a word and a name that you don't forget. And I interacted with Laban Ditchburn 18 months ago. We were going to record a podcast. We, we just had to reschedule. It. We never reconnected. And I totally just forgot, to be honest, <laughs> for a minute. But like I said, once you have that name Laban Ditchburn in your brain, you don't forget it. And so then to know that Steve Hardison is following Laban Ditchburn, I immediately reached out to you and said, hey, do you still want to interview me for your podcast? And then the rest is history. We recorded. Um, it's been amazing. Uh, more miracles have happened as I've had conversations with you, with Anna, with just the circle of people around you, around me. Uh, it's been a miracle. Amen, sister. It has been an, an absolute miracle. And what's it been, like two months, three months since this happened? Maybe two and a half? Not very long. Maybe two. Maybe two. Not long. Not long. But it, it feels like it's been an eternity. It feels like it's been a lifelong connection and, and no doubt previous life connection. Oh, oh right? no doubt. Like, and and what? how did you, like... This this coach Jamie was was that his name the guy you talked Jamie about Smart, which I haven't, heard of, I haven't heard of incidentally, but I'm sure people out there have. But so your dad heard about him through watching Jamie Smart. So your dad's into personal development as well. Yeah, well, Jamie Smart talks about Steve Chandler all, all the time, and so we've read books on by Steve Chandler. We've read books by Michael Neal. Um, you know, we're, we've just been all in that space and everything directs back to Steve Hardison. Everybody talks about Steve Hardison in the books that we're reading. And, but there was no information about him. There was no podcasts. There was no recording. There was no nothing. There was no book of Steve Hardison until the ultimate coach. Thank you, Alan Thompson. Thank you, Amy Hardison. <laughs> yeah, that, that, the last um, bit of the book, that the bit on the back page is the only bit that Steve wrote. <laughs> and Amy and Alan did all the work. I mean, Alan, Alan, Tom, Alan, Dr. Alan D. Thompson has, uh, we've become good friends and and my God, the work that went into even convincing the Hardison clan to write the bloody thing was was an effort on itself. And then, you know, the great a miracle, thing, right? And then what Amy's been able to contribute being a, um, a, well, as far as I know, a professional writer and editor, you know. So thank you for that. You know, as you were saying that, Emily, I, I thought about that movie being John Malkovich. Do you, know, mm. do you remember? Now, I can't remember the movie well enough, but what I was thinking is we could do a remake one day. I'll fund this. I'll create the money. 
and we'll redo it and call it being Steve Hardison because they do sequels, but how many remakes do they do? Oh, that would be so good. I yeah, would so you, watch that. It's like, because it's based on a real guy, for those who don't, have not seen it. I'm going to rewatch it and, and see whether it's even appropriate. It might be completely inappropriate <laughs> for you to watch it. <laughs> um, but who can, who can not like John Malkovich? So I, let's know more about who Emily Penton is because you are easily, easily one of the most fascinating, interesting people I've ever had the privilege of meeting for a litany of reasons. But I won't spoil it. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. Um, so I guess the interesting thing about me, the, the question that people always ask me about, was that I lived in the pit of mental illness hell for 40 years. Um, And it was my reality. It was my uh, daily breathing, existing life. Um, And there was no light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) There was no hope. There was no, um, I think it'll be better next year. (laughs) There was just pure misery. Um, and I had, I had no reason to hope, uh, I had debilitating mental illness. Um, and it was diagnosed bipolar disorder and it turned into rapid cycling bipolar disorder, which meant that I didn't know who I was from one day to the next. And, uh, that didn't bode well for my career. Um, because I was practicing as a child therapist. And so it worked well for a time because if you know people with bipolar disorder, when they're on, they're phenomenal. They're amazing. Um, but I couldn't consistently be on and I couldn't manage, like I couldn't time when I was functioning. I couldn't time when I was capable um, and so then it got to the point where I was working four days a week and then three days a week. And then it got to like, I could only, you know, eke out one day a week. And that wasn't ethical for, for the, my clients. And so I had to stop working in, um, in the fall of 2018. And I had to move in with my mom at the age of 40 and it was just devastating. And so it's like, I was in the pit of mental illness hell and then I dug a hole. <laughs> like it was like, oh my gosh, okay, now it's even worse. I'm not even on my own. I'm not even paying my own bills. I'm living with my mom. Um, and uh fortunately, my brother reached out to me and um told me about the carnivore diet. And um, what is that? What is that? Um, so it's basically just eating animal meat and animal fat. And it wasn't so much about the diet. It was about what I removed from my diet. I removed sugar and processed foods. And I wish I could like, I wish I had a picture of me with like a table of all of the things that I used to eat to just give a visual to you guys. Cause I was uh, five, five, eight. So I was at my most, I was probably like 260 pounds, um, And I would eat, uh, I would eat like whenever I would go to make chocolate chip cookies, I would make two batches so that I could eat the dough of one batch (laughs) while I cooked the cookies. And then I ate all the cookies. I would eat entire pizzas by myself. 
Um, I would eat ice cream straight out of the carton, ramen noodles, chips, sodas, beer, wine, liquor, everything. And it, it never satiated me. I was never, it was never enough. Um, and it was absolutely contributing to my mental illness. Um, so when I removed those things, um, it was February 24th of 2019. I removed all of those things and I, uh, I think it was about three weeks in, maybe the end of the third week, I experienced this glimpse and it was only for 10 minutes of joy and hope. And I was like, oh, I was like, what is that? What is that emotion? I had, I literally don't remember ever experiencing joy or hope. I, 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 there is no light at the end of the tunnel. And I, it was really cool and it only lasted 10 minutes. And I was like, huh, that was weird. And then the next day it happened again and it lasted for 15 minutes. And then it just grew and grew until now. I literally cannot have a bad day. And to say that that is a miracle is it's, it's just true. I I don't have any other way to explain it Um, because I was on 900 milligrams of lithium, 80 milligrams of Prozac, 80 milligrams of Adderall just to get out of bed every day and ambient to sleep every night there. And I wasn't functioning. So to have any hope was huge. The weird part about my story is that as I was eating this food and doing this all meat diet, about three weeks in, I was hospitalized And a logical person would say, oh my gosh, you did this all meat diet and now you're hospitalized. Maybe you shouldn't do this. But there was a knowing inside of me that transcends understanding and transcends logic. And it, it was just this absolute confidence that I'm going, I'm going to gamble. I'm going to gamble this. I'm going to follow my gut. I'm going to keep eating meat and fat. And I did. Um, while I was in the hospital, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and um, I couldn't walk without an assistive device. I had delayed and slurred speech and I had more significant brain fog than I ever had with the bipolar disorder. The really cool part about my story is that this started February 24th of 2019. In April of 2019, I had my last manic or depressive episode. And then in May, May 9th specifically, I had my last MS symptom and it never returned. I went back to work full time in June of 2019. Um, my psychiatrist uh, saw the light in my eyes and saw me functioning so well. And he'd been with me for eight years. And so he knew how I looked crazy and he saw me well. He tapered me off of my meds. My last psych med was September of 2019. And now, I am living my absolute best life. Wow. I've heard the story multiple times now, and it still is <laughs> still worthy of a wow. <laughs> it's I've never met anyone that, that has had that kind of success. I've heard anecdotes. I've interviewed uh, Dr. Chris Palmer, who was an adjunct professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, who's been treating bipolar disorder and uh, suicidal ideolo- ideology and schizophrenia using 
a ketogenic diet, which they developed about 120 years ago for children that had epilepsy, which is not too dissimilar in many ways to what, what the carnival diet is. And if I'm sounding like um, um, when I say, what is the carnival diet? Well, it's something I've experienced personally, but I, you know, it's, it's mind blowing to a lot of people because it doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. You're supposed to eat your veggies. Right. But and- I wasn't eating veggies. So, <laughs> so there's there's a few things, a few directions I want to go. But the, one of the first ones is, where like, how did this improve your connection to source? Mm. <laughs> uh, exponentially, um, I have always been very spiritual and very connected to God, except for whenever I would have those, you know, moments of complete depression. And it's funny because I enjoyed my mania. I mean, I always lost it. I always went crazy, did these obsessive things, would randomly go marry somebody. Like it it was, I was, I was totally out of control. How many times did that happen? (laughs) Uh, Two, three, two, two legally. And then one of the last one, uh, we bought a house together and we're, we lived together for four years. So that, that counts as a marriage. So it's so, like an episode of the hangover. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, uh, so anyway, there were so many times that even e- e- either in mania or depression, I would sit there and I would, I would try to focus and I would try to calm myself and I would try to really connect with source and with, God. And my brain was going everywhere and my body was hurting with the multiple sclerosis. I had symptoms for 10 years before my diagnosis. I just didn't know it was multiple sclerosis. And so everything hurt constantly. Now I can sit and I can immediately tap into that focus and that calm and that peaceful space. And oh my goodness, can we get stuff done? We get so much, so many things done in the spiritual realm now, me and God, because we're connected and I hear him and I don't hear my back or I don't hear my brain going, oh, you forgot to get milk. Oh, this, oh, that, you know, whatever. Now I can just focus. Um, It's on tap. Well, in the two months that I've known you, give or take, I like I have witnessed a Tasmanian devil-like effort in in what you've been able to pull off, right? So, look out, look out the future, because Emily Penton's on a mission, and I, and I love how you responded to the TBO uh, NIT uh, NFL video, I like the reaching out to Steve, How, what was that experience like when you contacted Steve? Yeah. Um, when I, when I watched TBO for the first time, like, and it's so funny cause you prefaced it when you sent it to me, you were like, um, this is life-changing. So go watch this. And whenever you and I connected, I, it was just like, okay, Laban's not going to waste my time. And I was already reading the book. Like I was in the middle of the book whenever you sent it to me. And I was just so happy to hear Steve Hardison talk and to see him that I was just like on the edge of my seat. And then I was like, I don't even care about Steve Hardison. This story is phenomenal. 
And then it started just taking over my heart and taking over my passion. And um, I immediately just was like, I'm, I'm good enough to go talk to Steve Hardison. And so I sent him a message on Facebook and I was just like, remember this name. And he was just like, I will remember that name. And we, uh, we just had, it was just a couple of messages back and forth, but it meant everything to me um, just to know that I could touch greatness because I am greatness. Yes, you can. <laughs> and, and when and I'm, you know, Steve is, uh, as far as I know, been di- diligently listening to all of these podcasts. Depending on, um, not depending on anything, but everyone is recording these, so he will get to this at some point. And who could forget the woman who eats raw meat uh, and raw fat? <laughs> it's, it's exactly cool, right. And just on that, it's something that's that you preface a lot. That, that you don't see this as a sustainable, like necessarily healthy way of existing right now. Can you explain that? So I didn't realize how sick I was. And now I am seeing that as I heal, that it's important to be able to incorporate other foods, that it's not a sign of health that I can only tolerate beef and beef fat. And that I don't coach my clients at all to only have that be their goal. Carnivore is not the goal. Carnivore is a tool. It is an elimination diet for you to to take out all the noise and get down just to the basics of functioning, heal, and then reintroduce new foods. Yeah, amen. And I mean, that was my experience too. I did it for three years. Nowhere near as regimented or disciplined as you have had to be, right? And because the ramifications of you varying from that beef fat and beef meat, what happens? Yeah, I get um, crazy rashes. Um, I get, I actually um, had a food injury. Um, I was uh, cooking for my son and I, I had home fried potatoes. And so I literally took the potato out of the bag. It was not, you know, some frozen anything. So I know what was on that potato and I cooked it in beef tallow and we were arguing about the best way to make a fry. And so we did a taste test. I should have had him do the taste test because I tried three French fries of each of the different ways of cooking the fries that we did. And so that there was nine fries. That's it. Nine fries. The whole next day I had depression. 24 hours, it bled into the 48 hours. I had depression just from eating white potatoes. So now I know because I'm, I'm so aware that that is a foreign experience to me. It is totally foreign. I hadn't experienced depression for three years. So the second it popped up, I was like, I remember you. No. And thankfully I just went back to eating the, the meat and fat and it went away. Not right, no now, <laughs> exactly. Not right now, Satan. Exactly. Right now, Satan. Exactly. It's for those that have heard something similar. For those that are fans of Jordan Peterson, might have come across Michaela Peterson, his daughter, and that that was largely her journey as well because she, she had a lot of crippling anxiety. I think she had. She was certainly on a lot of the similar medication to you as well. Yeah, she had arth- juvenile osteoarthritis. I think had a hip and an ankle removed before she was seventeen. Like hers was 
I wouldn't say it was worse, but God, it's both of yours were pretty horrendous, right? Yeah. Michaela was actually my four minute mile. Um, there were many times whenever um, I, I went to go to the neurologist and he would yell at me. I mean, he was not nice. <laughs> and he would tell me, you are being reckless with your health because I refused the medication because I didn't have symptoms. I resolved it. I said, your job is just to monitor my MS with MRIs and blood work. I will treat my MS. And one time I, I reached out to Michaela and I said, am I being reckless? And she said, no. She said, you have this amazing story and you have no symptoms. You're knocking it out of the park. And I just kept watching her and realizing if Michaela can do it, if Michaela can resolve mental illness and autoimmune disease, it's possible. That's all I need to know. It's possible. Not it's definitely going to happen. It's possible that it would happen. And so I really hung in there through the tough times. And then, of course, I was able to, you know, send those reports to Michaela and say, my like my last MRI, it was my sixth MRI. And it said no new MS activity. Um, and I have literally no symptoms. I've had no symptoms of MS. I do CrossFit every morning at 5 a.m. And I knock it out of the park. Which is one of the most destructive <laughs> physical like exercise you can do for injuries and that kind of thing as well. And I think it's just in a big F you to the to your to your former body, right? And how it's yep. letting 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 it letting you down, whatever. Um and and Michaela's had you as a guest on her podcast, what will have been a couple of times by the time this airs. Yes. You're yes. becoming a bit of a big deal. You're a big deal. Not that you weren't a big deal to begin with, but an even bigger big deal. Yes, it's it's so amazing. And um I really uh I feel so honored and 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 this experience is so sacred to me because I don't want to cry. Um because I know that I am one person and there are thousands and millions of people that are still in the pit of mental illness hell. And I got to go back. I got to give them hope because I had no hope. If I had heard five minutes of someone like me talking when I was in the pit of mental illness hell, I think it would have really changed my experience. But, but I didn't. I didn't hear anyone. All I heard was take this medication and you're going to have this medication for the rest of your life. There is no hope for you. That's what I was told. How do you think this this new arsenal of knowledge that you've acquired from learning from the book being, from watching Steve on videos, from interacting with him, from hearing anecdotes from other people about him, how do you think that's going to help you on your journey? Oh, man, it already has. It already has, like exponentially. I mean, you've just witnessed the last two months, but it feels like it's it's accelerated since i read this book and one of my favorite things that he put on the back of the book to to put in your mind before you read the book is who would i need to be to step powerfully 
into my future. And as I was listening to Steve's story, and as I was hearing example after example after example, I was just seeing this pattern of power that literally the circumstances don't matter. The power is within me. It's already there. I don't have to like conjure it up or like muster it up or like white knuckle it through. It's there. I already exist and I'm already powerful and amazing. And so it literally doesn't matter what comes my way. I am going to transmute that situation into pure power and love. If Steve listens to this, when he listens to this, and he decides to ring you up, which he probably will, <laughs> what are you gonna what are you gonna talk to him about? What's the first thing you'd say? What is the first thing I would say to Steve Hardison? Like forgetting forgetting pleasantries, you know, thank you, forgetting all that. What's what's the what's the real real the real question? The real first thing I'm gonna say to Steve Hardison is whatever comes to my mind in that moment. There's no way that I can rehearse what that conversation will be like because I'm going to be with Steve Hardison and whatever comes out of my mouth is exactly what's going to happen. Great answer. <laughs> None of this has been rehearsed, by the way. We're just flying by the seat of our pants as we often do. Here. That's what happens <laughs> when, when Laban and Emily get together. That's what happens. <laughs> it's... Uh... <laughs> It's been a hell of a journey. You said something that, that really does resonate with me, Emily, and it's that it's that Steve, what I what I've learned from Steve as well, the shortcutting of the process, right? Like Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, spoke about the power of the mastermind, you know, and getting twelve minds together and meeting on a regular basis is you'll learn more in 12 months than you would in a lifetime. And I can attest to that being involved in a few different masterminds. And I, I you know, I was a hundred, $150 an hour coach <laughs> a year and a half ago. <laughs> now, now it's a lot higher. Right. And, and it's, but it's made me, it's made me significantly better. Like it's, it's a hundred X me. My rates might've gone up 10, but my, my ability's gone up a hundred, I think. Oh yeah, because I show up. Like before, it's so funny because I showed up before, but I burnt out. I was charging thirty dollars for thirty minutes, and I brought it. Like I gave a hundred and twenty percent to everybody, but I realized that it was a broken model because they would just come to me one time, and then they would be like, "Oh." okay, I got it. I I'm cool. And then they would go out on their own and then they would fall flat on their face. And so now I realize that I need to have people commit and sign up for eight weeks and to work with me for eight weeks, it's $6,500. And so whenever somebody invests in themselves, $6,500, I am lit up. Like I know that they are ready for transformation and so I match them and I go all in. And the transformations that I'm witnessing are amazing. It's just, it's absolutely baffling to me because I'm so used to being a therapist where, you know, because I worked with adults as well. And it was like Groundhog Day. Like, 
you just sit there and you talk with them. Oh, you know, you're depressed about what your mom said. And yeah, that happened to you as a child. Okay, well, let's do this exercise and let's talk about this. The next week, we talk about the same thing. No improvement. The next week, we talk about the same thing. No improvement. And then it it, it just became like, am I a bad therapist? But then I talked to other therapists and that's just the nature of it. Now I see transformations. People change their, their literally their, their biology whenever they remove sugar and processed foods. And then we're able to do the work. It, but we got to get that foundation first of removing the, the inflammation out of their brain. If I sit here and talk to somebody about exercises and theories and this and that, their eyes gloss over. But if I wait until they're clear mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, then we can really get to work and we can do some phenomenal things. I, I think there's something that's really important to highlight as well. And I've witnessed this through, through the, a number of calls that we've had as well. And you've been so helpful for me is this, when you get your health sorted, right? When you, when you get your physical health sorted, then the mental and the, the emotional and then the spiritual stuff improves. If people only knew how quickly they could shortcut their spiritual growth by sorting out their health. And in, you know, I wrote in my book, Bet on You, for those who haven't had a chance to read it, I talk about this period where I was I was running and and I completed a number of like really long distance rain, runs, like 60 mile runs. And a bit of like eight or nine miles into some of these shorter runs. I was bursting out into tears of joy and, and, and it happened for two years. It was like the body was chelating stored trauma in my fat cells that were being burnt off, you know? And, and as I did that and got healthier, my pineal gland must've decalcified or, you know, whatever's going on there. And which, you know, which it did, something happened because I became a lot more in tune. So my intuition went through the roof. My my ability to be empathetic infinitely improved. Like there's so many things that happened that were unexplainable at the time, and it makes perfect sense now. Like I I was numbed out to the to the pain of whatever was going on. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people could read a book like The Ultimate Coach. And if they're sitting on the couch, like elbow deep in a bag of Doritos and a plate full of donuts and cake, and they're, they can miss so much because they're just literally controlled by food cravings. That's my favorite thing about this is that I don't even think about food. Like I have food freedom. Like I eat my meat, I eat my fat, and then I go about my day. Like, I'm not like, oh, it's, it's been two hours since I ate and maybe I should go eat some peanut butter and maybe I should go like, um, get a coffee or get a donut. Like you're just clear. And so that I think is the most powerful thing is that now I can read a book like Steve Hardison's and I can absorb it and I can be fully present. I'm not sitting there thinking about how, you know, something happened when I was a child or this or that I'm, I'm being, I'm literally being in that moment, reading that book and what people can accomplish is exponential when they can clear out the noise in their brain and their body. 
I'm going to throw you under the bus here, Emily. Let's go. I just had an, an, an evil idea. It's not Let's really go. evil, but it's like a good kind of fun uh, naughty. <laughs> okay. You could. It, what's one area of improvement that you would recommend to Steve if you had FaceTime? What's one area that he could he could improve upon? I think that he is limiting himself a little bit by not recording himself speak. He is holding back very needed love from millions of millions of millions of people that will never be on his doorstep, that will never have his cell phone number, but they need to feel his love. And they will never feel his love unless he records it. Wow, that is great. (laughs) I'm starting to regret asking that question. You're the first person I've asked this, by the way, and I'm really glad I did. (laughs) That is so good. I, you know, I got, Steve, if you're listening, I got pissed that you didn't record the ultimate coach in your voice, right? And I get it. It's a, I think it's 17 hours. It's a long book and it's, it's a lot of effort. Um, and, and maybe, I don't know, it'd be interesting to know why. And I mean, when you think about what's happened in the last 18 months, like he really was an enigma. He didn't exist anywhere. And you know, it's common that he turned down being on the Oprah Winfrey pod, uh, show, not the podcast, the bloody show, right? You get a car and you get a car. Like, how many people have turned down Oprah Winfrey? I wouldn't say many, right? Like, you got to have, I might be the, the world's best courage coach, but that is courageous, right? So maybe maybe this is an interesting call to action, Steve, if this, if this resonates with you. Because I agree with you, Em. I think it's a really great observation. I think it's the perfect answer. Either people would love to know maybe why not, if you're not, if if that's something that you're willing to share. And if it is something that you like, you know what? The time is nigh. Maybe it's time to to do a create a podcast just with you doing little monologues or little social media things. I don't know, just an idea. Well, and I th- I think we don't understand his power to there's no way there's no way that we could fully understand and that's that's one of the themes in the book is people are like i don't know what it is but there's power there in steve hardison and so for us to make be on the outside making a judgment we literally don't know what it takes to protect that power And so it's very possible that he is operating at his full capacity. But I would encourage him to just think a little bit about just a little, just a little bit. Just ask if if I could, do I have the capacity to record a five minute message? Maybe, like maybe you do have the capacity to record. Maybe it's not going to kill you. It's not going to drain you is doing a pot promising that you're going to do a podcast an hour every day for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's training. That would be ridiculous. Like, no, 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 don't drain Steve Hardison. But just to, to let us get a drop of that wellspring that is coming out of Steve Hardison and just 
letting someone hit record on something that he already would have said anyway, just for five minutes and just see, <laughs> see how that feels. I'm so excited <laughs> to see which direction it goes. And I'm sorry, Steve, to throw you under the bus like that. You know I love you, brother. <laughs> it's so great. Emily, for, I think it's really important. I mean, you've, you've certainly touched a lot on, on how you help people, but how do people get in contact with you? Um, the best way to get in contact with me is through emilypenton.com. And it's um, just like a pen that weighs a ton. P-E-N-T-O-N. Um, and uh, if you go now, uh, the very top button, um, I'm in the middle of writing a book. Um, and you can get a uh, free registry into that launch. And I am going to do a free Zoom meeting for everyone who registers to uh, be uh, in, basically be informed whenever I launch the book. Um, and I'm going to have a Zoom meeting just for you guys. And you can ask me any question. So good. I, this, I cannot wait <laughs> for this book as well. This, so this will be out 2023, right? Yes, that's the plan. Yeah, yeah, it will. It will. Now you're committed. Emilypenton.com. I, I, I'm a huge fan. I cannot recommend more highly what, what you are putting out to the world. You've got some amazing free content as well. I know your I know your heart. I know you are genuine and real. There's not many people that I can single out that are uh, reliable, you know, in, in a world of flakiness that we've spoken about off camera and uh, a few other people that I've spoken to recently. Talking about showing up, I know Plate Mask, who's a, a client of Steve Hardis, is the CEO of uh, Keep Infusionsoft, you know, a podcast um, he, that was released recently with Meredith Bell on the Ultimate Coach podcast. Yeah, I'm talking about, you know, the power of showing up and committing. Like it's 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 so required in in this world right now because there's so much of the opposite. So how do you fix it? Well, we, you start changing the world by changing yourself, right? So that's that's one of the many things I love about you and and so grateful that you that you were happy to come on and share some of your powerful testimony throw Steve under the bus and uh, get a great interview in the, in the meantime. Do you have any concluding thoughts for our amazing audience today? Absolutely. Um, but I'm going to steal it from Steve. Um, the best part about this book, about me, is that it is endless. Ladies and gentlemen, Emily Penton. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, we invite you to visit theultimatecoachbook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, and more. Simply go now to www.theultimatecoachbook.com. That's www.theultimatecoachbook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be used.